Blog Talk Radio. Everybody and welcome to tonight's episode of Trundlebed Tales, and this is going to be a travel times episode. And we haven't actually had one of these for a while, but we're getting back on our regular schedule. But so to just remind everybody, uh, this is going to be a thirty-minute show, and we're going to talk to somebody who has a particular hobby or a particular place they like to go on vacation to get kind of the insider scoop. And a lot of times, uh, what I like to do is to talk to somebody not necessarily in charge, but somebody that has a participant. And I was lucky enough when I decided I wanted to do tonight's topic to find somebody that I knew that was actually both. He helps run it, and he's been a participant since about the beginning. And uh, I have known him since elementary school, so I was very glad to be able to bring on uh, Seth Zimmerman to talk about Project AWARE. So let me just remind everybody quickly... For our housekeeping, if you want to call in tonight, the number is 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or toll free, 1-877-633-9389. That's toll free, 1-877-633-9389. Nine three eight nine, and if you're ever out and about during one of our episodes, you can also use that number just to listen. So, uh, if you want to do that, that's also an option. And while this has been our first travel times show in a while, we've got another one scheduled for the beginning of March, March first, uh, on a Saturday. We are going to be talking with uh, a man who has takes more trips to Disney World in a single year than I have in my lifetime. So we're going to be really looking forward to that, and I hope that I will see you then. Uh, But I think that wraps up our housekeeping for right now. So let's go ahead and bring on our guest, Seth Zimmerman. Welcome to the show, Seth. Hi, Sarah. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, it's a, a pleasure to be with you tonight. Oh, it, uh, I was just really glad that we could work it out because Seth is involved with Project Aware, which is a really, a really cool project where uh, they clean up Iowa's riverways. So, why don't you just start off by introducing yourself, Seth? All right. My name is Seth Zerman. I. Uh, uh, work for the state hygienic lab, and I, I'm also now working for the Department of Natural Resources. Uh, they hired me on specifically to assist in uh, the organization of Project Aware and and uh, getting it going. Uh, it's been a great project. I've been on it for uh, this will be my ninth year on the actual project, and then I've been on the planning committee for about four or five years. So, uh, it's so a great if anybody. Project. If anybody knows about it, you ought to. So, 
<laughs> yeah, I, I've seen a thing or two on about it. So yeah, no, it's it's a great it's a great project. Uh, uh, great volunteers and everything is uh, run really well. So it's a good group of people. So why don't you just tell us in a little bit more detail what is Project Aware? Okay, every year uh, uh, the Project Aware staff. Uh, determine a river, a section of river uh, throughout the state to uh, do a cleanup on. And uh, it's essentially, uh, the DNR puts it on, they organize it, but it's a volunteer volunteer program uh, where we get uh, generally around 300, three to 400 volunteers the last few years uh, to float down a river in a canoe and uh, pick up garbage. And... Uh, it each year it seems to grow and each year it seems to get a little a little better a little more organized and uh it's uh it's an incredible it's quite a show <laughs> so it's definitely heading in the right direction what does aware stand for aware is a watershed awareness river expedition uh and it's really trying to focus on the fact that we're bringing people into the water to make them aware of what's in the water, what's around the water, and basically the environment that they're in, uh, trying to make them more aware of their surroundings and uh, just uh, be invested and care a little more about it. So it's a bit of a, a, a trying to just get people involved and uh, pay attention to where they're at and what they're doing and... Uh, take care of and be invested in the in the streams and waterways of their personal watershed. So how did you get involved? I work for the State Hygienic Lab and I've been in, in water quality sampling. I do a lot of biological sampling around the state and then uh, the Department of Natural Resources came to the to the uh, hygienic lab where I work and uh, asked if we would be willing to help uh, help with Project Aware, and um, as soon as my boss said, "Yeah, we were willing to to give them some staff," I jumped at the opportunity to uh, be involved. And the first year I was on, I think three days of the first, you know, the, in 2005, I was on three days of that trip, and then uh, after that, I I haven't missed a day since. Huh. So. Uh can you see a difference now between how Iowa's rivers look uh, now and back when you started the program? I, I understand you're just doing certain streams, but has it sort of helped bring up the level across the state? I think it's really brought up the level of awareness across the state. I mean, yes, on any specific river that we that we do, you can immediately see a change. I mean, there aren't... Uh, tires leaning up against the bank and plastic bags and, and garbage. So you see an immediate an immediate payback there. But in addition to that, uh, just the number of people who are paying attention, the number of people who uh, have started their own cleanups on rivers, the number of people who, you know, if they're going for a walk in the woods or a walk down a creek bed, they, they take a garbage bag with them and, and clean things up. And so you can see that the awareness uh of people as individuals and people organizing groups has gone up dramatically, and that's really, really good to see. So if someone was interested in volunteering for Project AWARE, how much time does it request for volunteering? So can you, like, just do one day, or is there a set number of days? 
No, absolutely. You, uh, you can do one day, you can do two days, you can do the whole week. Uh, essentially, uh, this year it's it's July 6th through the 13th, um, and so you can show up uh, the evening of the 6th, 6th, we'll camp out, and then the first day of paddling will be on the 7th. Uh, but you can show up for one day or all the days or any combination thereof. Uh, we're happy uh, to take, we, we take all volunteers. Uh, so come on out. Uh, it's a great time, and sometimes it is nice for people just to do a day or two and see if they're interested, but we do get a lot of repeat customers. So, Do the, volu- do the volunteers get a lot of training, or is it just sort of see something and pick it up? Uh, there, there's not a ton of training. Like uh, the first day we'll go through a uh, paddling clinic and, and water safety uh things like that. Most of the training that, that they re- receive is, is going to be on the job. They're going to be out in the river with uh, volunteers, and a number of the volunteers that are on the trip come on the trip every year. It's their summer vacation, and they they, they do it every year. And uh, so they they provide a lot of training out there. They've, they've, they've been through it, and they've, they've come with a tool bag and whatever they think they need to extract, extract garbage from the... Uh, Riverbed, and uh, you'll learn a lot. I've learned a lot, that's for sure. So if, if you volunteer, do you have to, like, sign off an insurance waiver? I, I know there can be some dangerous stuff in trash. Yeah, there is. The, obviously, there are some inherent risks, even just with getting in a boat on a river. Uh, there are some risks. Uh, so in the registration packet that is online uh, at uh, iowaprojectaware.com, they uh there is a uh, liability waiver in there that you have to sign before you can come on the float so uh i'm gonna ask you some of the practical questions that I like to ask uh, every uh, time right. uh because not having really done much on boats uh what about bathroom breaks so are we just i mean you're in the boat there's people all around how do you handle that? Uh, we have a portable, we have a trailer that's got two portable toilets on it. So we make sure that those are at the beginning and at the, and we always try to select a midpoint uh, around half the mileage of the day. The days range from 10 to 15 miles. So usually around six or seven miles, we try to find a midpoint and we will pull the trailer down there. So you have an opportunity to go to the bathroom early, middle, or end. Uh, But other than that, you're kind of, you're on your own, and and it's not it's not congested enough. Like once you put people on the water, it gets pretty spread out. So there's usually some place you can sneak off to if you need okay. to. Well, see, that's a that's a more interesting answer than I thought. I thought you just have to go and try and find a tree. Okay. Uh, so what about eating? Do they um, do you guys provide meals then? Yep, it's it's a fully catered event, and that is actually the registration fee is just to cover meals. Uh, uh, everything else is covered by uh, donors or uh, people who make in-kind contributions to to the to the project. Uh, but the, the meals are all catered. Uh, we try to find local caterers, uh, and they're encouraged to use local foods uh, and reduce the amount of uh, plastic and waste that they, they put in the system. Uh, so... 
it's all on a scored process, and it goes out for a bid process. But uh, the food is almost always excellent. We keep we, you have to keep your volunteers well fed, or they they'll start to grumble on you. So that's true. Uh, that that is a real priority uh, <laughs> for us is to make sure everybody's well fed and uh, stays good and hydrated. So where do your volunteers spend the night? And you mentioned camping out the first night. Do they camp out along the the path if they stay multiple days? Yep. Every every year we try we try to stay as close to the water as we can just to eliminate uh, having to shuttle. But generally, it's a school or a state park or a county park or a city park wherever there's a flat ground and and plenty of grass to pitch tents on. Uh, well, we'll camp as long as the, as long as the city or park will have us. We're, we're happy to happy to lay our heads just about anywhere. And if they have showers, that's that's an added bonus, but uh, certainly not a requirement. So, do do people bring their own tents then? That they that they're sort of responsible for their own gear. Yep. Every everybody brings their own all their own gear, and in the morning uh, they'll pack up their tents, throw them in the bags. And then we've got a big trailer, and we'll take take them from one campsite to the next, so they don't have to deal with their gear. They just load it in the trailer in the morning, and it's at the next campsite that night for them to pull it out and set it up again. Well, that should work well. Yeah, it's hard trying to bring everything along to my poor car. I always say it's a tool shed on wheels because it's got all my junk in it. <laughs> that is true enough. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, where is the project going to be located this year? Is it always in the same place? Uh, every year we choose a different river, and we've tried to represent every every section of, of the state. We try to get around and make sure that we have impact in, in a variety of communities. We've, we've pretty much hit southwest, northeast. We've, 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 we're trying to get them all. Um, this year we're doing the Des Moines River. We, we're starting up uh, near Algona uh, at Veterans Park in Algona, and we'll be traveling down through Fort Dodge and Humboldt and uh, ending up at, at a park called Deception Hollow, which is just downstream of Lehigh. Uh, which I believe it's 80, 85 miles maybe this year, river miles. Yeah, it, the Des Moines River is a, is very bendy. I remember one time we were going north from Des Moines for some reason instead of our normal route, and we were counting how many times we crossed the Des Moines River, and we were up to like I think eight. <laughs> yep, if you're on 169, yeah, it just tracks right along and it just keeps crossing. It is a nice sinuous stream. So a lot of times, um, people who aren't from Iowa or just you know, kind of huddle in one of the bigger cities, have this idea that Iowa is a fairly flat place, and I don't think rivers are the first thing they think of, but are there a lot of, of rivers that are quality for canoeing in Iowa? Um, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I, I heard someone throw out the number that there are 72,000 river miles in the state of Iowa, and... Uh, which gives us plenty of opportunity to clean. So uh, there, there are a lot of rivers and a, and a lot of really scenic areas. Like uh, I've been on a number of these rivers that I wouldn't have thought much of until you sit down in a boat and get down in the in the channel and just float. And it's beautiful and it's quiet and it's serene and and 
you see amazing things, and and you're doing it with amazing people. So um, you said this year's project was going to be in the Des Moines River, and and it's just once a year. Is is that mostly how Project Aware works, where you have one project a, a year, or are there other like smaller days across Iowa that they organize too? Uh, project Aware just does one project a year. We pick one stretch of river and we and we go and do that. Uh, but there are a lot of organizations and groups that are that are doing their own cleanups. They're organizing their own cleanups, uh, finding volunteers, finding donors, and uh, doing their own thing in a in a in a more local sense. You know, there's uh, I know there's some on the Cedar River and there's some on the Iowa River. Uh, I believe there's a, a Wapsie, Wapsipinicon cleanup crew. So uh, there's there's lots of people doing it. And just uh, to find one in your community, I know that on the Project Aware website there are links to other cleanups too. So if you're looking for something in your area, that might be a good place to start. Okay. And um, how much trash do you pick up? Now, I've got your 2011 numbers from the website, if you don't know off the top of your head. Okay. Do you know how much? Just last year, uh, we did uh, 60.4 tons of total total material collected, yeah. That's way up. Yeah, no, it was a a heavy year. It was a heavy year. And it was uh, 8.7 of that. Uh, so 14% of that was trash, and then 86% of it got recycled, um, which is a great thing. And and this last year we had almost 1,400 tires uh, collected, uh, and uh, Bridgestone came on board with us, and they are recycling. They're one of our donors, and so they've been recycling all our tires for us. Uh, well, that's great. Yeah, no, it was a huge one because getting rid of the tires – at the end of the day was always, you know, one of the things that your local waste people didn't want to incur the expense of dealing with. So it's really nice to have somebody come on board and and take responsibility. It's great. And one thing um, that I heard about in in terms of Project AWARE uh, through the Iowa – Iowa State Fair coverage that the Iowa Public Television does are the security gates at the National Natural Resource Building at the Iowa State Fairgrounds, which which I just love to death. I, I think that building is the prettiest one on the fair, and I just love the idea of these gates. Uh, do you want to tell them tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, absolutely. They they are really beautiful. David Williamson is our is our artist that's been working on the gates. He built uh, a few sculptures for us over the years out of river trash that we pulled out of the river. And then uh, it occurred to us to, uh, or it occurred to him to to build the gates at the Iowa State Fair. And uh, so each year he's built a different set of gates from the garbage that came out of the river uh, from that year's Project Aware. So he brings his truck along with us and we separate out uh, essentially metal that we think David will want. Uh, He likes the aluminum for castings, uh, big, heavy chunks of iron for for more of the frame and stuff like that. And and he takes it all and he straightens it and welds it and cuts it and melts it and smelts it and he creates these beautiful pieces of artwork that uh, are now uh, securing the DNR building at the Iowa State Fairgrounds. And it's really, really an impressive project. 
And uh, just to my listeners, if you haven't had a chance to look at this, I really strongly encourage you to go there. In the first place, if you haven't been to the Iowa State Fair, it it is worth seeing just in itself. But the, the DNR building in one corner of the fairgrounds is just gorgeous. And it not only has these great gates, it has uh, all this lovely tile work from the building that was built in the 20s. They've got fish repre- uh, species represented from all over the state of Iowa and all sorts of little informational uh, things up about both well, the outdoor resources of Iowa. So I strongly recommend you get a chance to go over and check that out. It's just a gorgeous building. It's got its own little pond. Um, the last couple of years it's had a giant replica eagle nest <laughs> I got my picture taken with that this year. It's always a real fun thing, so I hope that you'll get a chance to do that. Um, So, Seth, is this project kind of unique to Iowa, or are other states having this kind of organized cleanup, too? I'm not exactly sure. I have heard that Minnesota does something similar, and it was kind of spawned... uh, by uh, Chad Pagracki, who did, uh, he cleaned up the Mississippi River. He was a, a kid, a uh, self-proclaimed river rat, who uh, ended up, he'd take his John boat out and he'd fill it up with garbage and bring it back and empty it. And, and then eventually he worked his way up into getting barges and filling barges with garbage. And so that is what initially gave uh, Brian Soonan the, the idea to do a river cleanup here in Iowa. And uh, I think it's relatively unique, but uh, uh, we welcome <laughs> we welcome all states that want to do it because we we think it's really a great project. If um, someone was interested specifically in coming on Project Aware this year, uh, and they hadn't done it before, do you recommend them getting in touch with the people ahead of time? Or is all the information they need on the website and they can just show up the day of? Yeah. Uh, the website's pretty complete now. We've got all the registration stuff on there. Uh, there's a packing list, you know, bring your bug spray, your reusable dishware, your your water bottles, uh, that kind of stuff. So there's, there's lists on there that will tell you what you need to bring. And uh, as far as communication, there's not e- – e- not a lot required. I mean, you're welcome. If you have questions or whatever, you're welcome to contact us, and we'll get back to you. Uh, but uh, basically, if you fill out that registration, you're you're in, and all you have to do is show up uh, on the day of the float, and uh, we'll have uh, T-shirts and ID tags and a boat ready for you. Now, um, you said that there was a, a paddle clinic the, the first day out on the river. If someone, how how strong um, uh, do boating skills does somebody need to participate in this? So, if if you like have not been a, in a canoe before, are you going to be okay, or should you be somebody who's pretty good at paddling? Or what what would you recommend? And anyone anyone can come. Uh, we've had. Uh, people from in utero through 86, I think, or 87 was one of our older volunteers. And uh, uh, skill level, uh, not really required. If if you are not a confident paddler, we will try to pair you up with somebody who has a little more experience. Um, and But in addition to that, we have, uh, if we, we try to do a pre-float before 
before the actual event so we can see if there are any hazards and uh, then we go about mitigating them, whether it's cutting out trees to eliminate sweepers or uh, setting up a line so that people can't go beyond a line and or put it, we've even put uh, conservation officers out in the river to make sure nobody gets by if there's a dam or something like that. So we're very safety conscious. We uh, have a, a full plan in effect to, to make sure our volunteers are kept safe. And uh, honestly, I encourage anybody that wants to come to just come out and get in a boat and go for a float. It's It's, it's a magical thing. So what are some of the weirdest things that you've uh, pulled out of the riverbanks cleaning them up? Oh, man. Um, we One year we found a moped that had been stolen. <laughs> we called the police. It had been stolen like two days earlier, and we found it in the Iowa River. Uh, <laughs> we found uh, the roof off of the Dairy Queen uh, oh, after really? the tornado that came through Iowa City. Um, we found snowmobiles toilets, uh, notes in bottles. Uh, uh, one year a kid found a wallet uh, in a snag and picked it up and it had a bunch of cash in it. And it turned out it was one of the other volunteers that lost it earlier that day. So <laughs> <laughs> you just never know what you'll find. And, and people find uh, teeth from uh, uh, Mastodon or uh Mastodons? I'm sorry. Uh, well, mastodons are the big elephant things. So that would be right. Yeah. So they find all kinds of artifacts, and it's it's really a cool project. I think one year somebody even found a skull. Ooh. Yeah. It was ancient, like an old skull. And it got, uh, I think the county conservationists ended up taking it and maybe put it in the museum. I'm not sure. But uh, well, you mentioned just no telling what you'll find. Sorry. No, that's okay. You mentioned uh, you know the Dairy Queen roof, which was clearly from the flood. Is a lot of this stuff coming from floods, kind of washing things away, or are people dumping a lot of stuff in rivers still, or do you know? There's a lot of both. Uh, you know, when there's a flood, you definitely see. The debris, like we found boxes of dishes and stuff that had been, you know, obviously washed away. Not that somebody dumped them, that they got just washed away. Um, uh, but then you also have the influence, the urban influence. When you come outside of a town, when you're downstream of a town, you'll have a huge, just huge amount of garbage. And, and it's it's everything from tires to washing machines to, you know, things that didn't get there by accident uh, frequently, but there there is also, I mean, when you do have a major event, and I was at its share of floods the last, uh, last decade or so. That's so true. There, there's certainly a lot of stuff that ends up in there uh, on accident. One year we found a lot of uh, barrels, uh, you know, whether they were docks or whether they were behind a building and just got floated away, uh, but... Uh, so year to year, it, it certainly differs, but a lot of it, you know, there's a lot of still a lot of illegal dumping and still a lot of littering, and and uh, these are, you know, continuing to be, you know, continuing to be concerns. But we just hope to make people uh, 
a little more aware and a little more invested in their in their personal watershed. Well, I, I think that is a very worthy goal, and I think it's one that that we all could share. I mean, there's uh, it's important to to take care of our environment, or it's just nicer for everyone that way. So we're actually under two minutes left. So is there anything else that you wanted to, to share about uh, Project AWARE, or did you want to reinforce again how they can uh, get a hold of, of the information if they need it to show up? Uh, yeah, I just uh, I guess I'd just like to encourage everybody to come on out and uh, get in the water. And, and even if you're not doing it with Project AWARE, Come on out, get in, you know, get in the boat wherever you're at, and uh, take a float down a river, clean up some garbage, see what's out there, uh, and uh, enjoy Iowa's waterways. Uh, but if you want to do Project Aware, you can find us at Iowa Project Aware, IowaProjectAware.com, uh, or at the DNR website, Department of Natural Resource website. Um, come and on wanna, out. It's, and you want to give us the dates one more time for this coming year? Yep, it's going to be July 6th through the 13th. Okay, well, thank you so much, Seth. I think this was a a really great episode. I think Project AWARE is just a wonderful thing, and I was very excited to find out that you were part of it, and I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you very much for having me, Sarah. All right, well, uh, I'm going to go ahead and put... Seth back in the green room because it's about time to end the show. I want to remind everybody to join us again March 1st when we're going to be talking about Disney. And in the meantime, uh, enjoy Trundle Bed Tales. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.